This is HeartWise, offering practical tips and time-proven guidelines to make your life healthier, happier, and more fulfilling. Today you'll learn simple Bible-based principles for building and maintaining optimum mental and physical health, all while deepening your relationship with your Creator. I'm your HeartWise host, Charles Mills. Do I need to take supplements if I eat a healthy diet? I have atrial fibrillation. Are there any alternatives rather than Coumadin? Today we answer frequently asked questions from the HeartWise Ministries website. We want to know what you want to know. And these questions give us a window, a door into your life and the needs you have as our viewers. And we appreciate every question you leave for us there. Okay, Dr. Markham, let's get right to this. Frequently asked questions on the heartwiseministries.org website. Here's the first one. We mentioned it earlier. Do I need to take supplements if I eat a healthy diet? Now, I assume a healthy diet means the fruits and vegetables, the nuts and grains, and the minimum of animal products, maybe even no animal products. Do we still need to take supplements? Yeah, and the answer to that question, you have to really know what type of eater you're dealing with. Yes. You know, yes. For, and also what kind of medical conditions they might have. You know, you heard about those sailors that didn't get much fruit to eat. You know, they needed to have some supplements yes, if they, they were did. available. Yes, they did. Um, certain diseases like pernicious anemia, well, you know, they, they need some extra help. People that don't get outside, they don't get vitamin D. So if you live in a northern climate where you don't get outside, they need vitamin D. Mm -hmm. But most people, if they're healthy and they eat a well-balanced diet, you do not need a supplement. Okay. Now, if you're a pure vegan and eat no animals at all, some of the experts are maybe recommending a B vitamin maybe once a month, mm -hmm. but the body doesn't need a lot of B vitamin. A little bit goes a long way. Yes. yes. Um, but as far as all these extra supplements, you really don't need those. And if you think about a symphony orchestra, a symphony orchestra has many instruments. If I have 40 French horns, I love French horns. Mm -hmm. They're a great <laughs> instrument, but 40 of them yes. are too many and they drowned out the other things. Well, our body's nutrition is very complex. And if we eat what we should, fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains, and they're fairly fresh, the body chooses what it wants and pulls it out at the appropriate amount. Some of the supplements that have been around, I think of beta carotene, vitamin E, we found that those supplements were actually dangerous and increased things because they saturated receptors and other nutrients, they interfered with them. And if you think about the nutrients that God gives us, Charles, these are all things that are, are usually enzymes and have a lot of good things. And they actually, if given in the appropriate amount, you know, the correct composition of all this, as a body in its infinite wisdom regulates, this gives a body a chance of healing itself. Now, if we think about it, over the last 200 years, we don't eat like we should. We eat a lot of processed foods. People are eating more animals than ever, more canned foods. We're missing out on a lot of the things that our body needs to stimulate the enzyme systems, the things that we can make so our body can naturally heal itself. Yes. Yeah. We're now seeing that people that eat more of a whole food plant-based diet, they have less of these chronic diseases, less inflammation. Eating that diet helps heart disease, helps lower the risk of cancer. Almost every organ system in the body improves. And it's because we're giving the body the substrate that the body needs to help heal itself and prevent these other things from happening. You know, you mentioned the food that we eat, and I have a theory. I, I don't know if there's a study that proves this or not, but I really believe it to be true. And I've sort of asked people about this as we go along. 
Our body seems to not only have the ability to take out what it needs from the food we eat, it can also combine yes. nutrients from the various foods to make a brand new nutrient right. that we need. You're right. All right. That's why I say are the interactions and receptors and how things combine in our body are so complex. If you're eating the right foods. Well, even okay. if we're eating the wrong foods, well, we still true. have complex bad reactions. That's true. But that's these true, reactions yeah. are so complex, we can't understand it. And it doesn't make sense to find one nutrient in the food is good to isolate that nutrient and then make it a lot of it. Oh, and but you can make money off of that, Dr. Markham. That's the whole thing. And yeah. you know, they call that reductionalism. reductionalism. It's not holism. And as we've reduced it down to a single mechanism, we might be able to make money and make everyone say, oh, if I have this supplement, everything can happen. And sometimes supplements help you if you think it's happening. That's, that's true. That's, that's called true. a healing that's belief. Yeah. And most supplements aren't harmful, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah. And so I tell people, if you eat a balanced diet, you might need to take a B supplement once a month. If you don't get outside, you might need to take vitamin D. Yeah. But if you're unsure, we can always measure this in the blood as well. And I was doing an interview with the Adventist Health Study people, and they said that they did a study on this. Are pure vegetarians getting enough in the little supplements that they take? And the answer is yes. There doesn't seem to be a problem if you are a, a whole food plant-based person. If you take a few supplements every now and then to sort of help along, you are not deficient. You do not have a problem. That was good news from the Adventist Health Study. Yeah, and that, that's good news. And, and you know, I see, <laughs> this is funny. The other day, a lady came into my office, Charles. She had a whole suitcase full of supplements. Oh dear. She had 52 different supplements in there. And she wanted me to go through ones and, and, and tell you, you know, which one she needed and which one she didn't. And I told her, I said, listen, everything that we put in our body has some type of chemical repercussion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, now she needed, she was in her belief system that they were helping. Yes. So I had to be very careful what, how I phrase things, but I tried to talk to her along the lines that we did today. And I said, if you need a healthy fruits, diets, nuts and grains, yeah. um, maybe you don't need to take 52 different extra things a day. Okay. Now, if you have a disease state, some of these things might be useful. You know, certain herbs and supplements might be good for a disease state. But if you don't have disease state, you know, some of them could actually be harmful for you. All right. And at very least, a kind of a monumental waste of money. Okay, here's another question. HeartWise Ministries are, are frequently asked questions. I have atrial fibrillation. Are there any alternatives rather than Coumadin? What is Coumadin? Yeah, Coumadin is a blood thinner. Okay. And atrial fibrillation is when the top part of the heart goes faster than the bottom. Mm. And unfortunately, about 10% of older Americans have this. And worse yet, one in three strokes come from this rhythm. Oh my. Because when the top part doesn't move well, the blood doesn't circulate through it. And when it doesn't move well and the blood sits, it has an ability to clot. Yes. If it clots and the heart pumps that up and it goes to the brain, it clogs up the small there arteries and you don't think well. So Coumadin is the one that we've had along. Another name for that is warfarin. There's other ones that are now approved. There's different types of Coumadin called Jantavin. There's a new one out called Xarelto. Um, there's different ones called Pradaxa that are now out that have been shown scientifically to help lower the risk of stroke. Unfortunately, the alternatives have never been studied. Mm. There's one out there called Natokinase. There's all sorts of different herbs that people use that thin out the blood. They have not been studied. We know things like fish oil and that's out there. We know omega-3, 6, and 9 fatty acids thin the blood. We know that water thins the blood. We know that stress thickens the blood. Mm. But there's nothing studied 
in randomized double-blinded trials yet that have shown to lower the risk of stroke in atrial fibrillation other than Coumadin and these other ones we've mentioned. And I get this every day. And I'll tell you, Charles, it's so sad when you see someone that could be on the blood thinner and they're scared to take it for whatever reason. And it does raise the chance of bleeding. It's yeah. not a medicine without risk. But I would rather deal with the side effect of the medicines than have a stroke because okay. a stroke is just devastating, Charles. Our body's made to have different reflexes. In modern medicine, we reflexively do things. Yes. And a lot of people I see that are reflexively doing things based on the media or based on cultural mm. things. They reflexively yes. act. Yes. If someone says, I have to have this, they cool. run out to the store and reflexively yes. get Reflex. it okay. because they think it's going to get them better. Yeah. And that's not always the case. So I advise people, you know, when they have the questions that come in, investigate it. And I'm not saying that everything I have works for everybody, but look at the evidence. Does this make sense? Is it a balanced approach? But don't reflexively buy supplements or buy into treatments. Think about it. See if it makes sense. All right. Very good. Another question from heartwiseministries.org. Let's see what it says here. What is the healthiest diet? You've sort of talked about, I yeah. heard the Mediterranean diet is the best. There's the paleo diet, there's the caveman diet, there's the Mediterranean diet, there's the high carbohydrate, no carbohydrate. There's diets all over the place here. What is the healthiest? And that's a very interesting question because, for instance, if a person lives in a geographic part of the world, the healthiest diet to them might be different than the healthiest yeah. diet for someone else. Yeah. But if a person has access to fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains in their whole form um, that's not in a package, that is the healthiest thing for them. And I think you told me you have a new term that you shared with Colin Campbell not too long ago. Yes, and he because he was looking for a, a, an update to the whole food plant-based diet, because that sort of sounds like you, you base it on these foods, but you know it's open door for anything else. I said, why don't we just call it a whole food plant exclusive diet? And that has been shown time and time again to be the optimum diet. And I would agree with you. I think that is the optimal place, as long as the person that's getting there doesn't have a lot of mental anguish yes. from doing and they, it. And they believe in it. They yeah, they have to believe in it. Not, but I've had some people that they just have something that they have to have and otherwise they're not happy. And it's really about a balance. Yes. You know, I'd rather have people eating good 80% of the time than eating bad 80% of the time. And you have to move people in their diet one step at a time looking at the evidence. But most people, as they make these changes, they feel better. And as they eat the bad food, they feel bad, Charles. Yeah, yeah. But the Mediterranean diet is better than the Atkins diet. Yes, it is. But yes, I agree with you, if we can be happy in eating that whole food plant-based exclusive diet, that would solve probably 80 to 90% of our, our disease problem in America. And that's probably one of the big solutions to the healthcare dilemma. And yet we spend lots of money on developing new techniques on genetics. All the research is going on this technology or what pill can we do? And we don't spend the money in educating people and teaching them techniques, you know, how to do this. We reflexively do what we've done our entire lives because our system says that's the way we do it. But look at the evidence. Is our world getting better? Is our health care going down? No. And that's why I'm all for everyone having access to health care. But if they have access to systems that are broken and doesn't fix problems, are we really going to perpetuate a system that's already not doing well? We need to begin with a belief. We have to say to ourselves, we have to say, okay, I want to be healthy. I want to do whatever it takes. Instead, we reflexively, we say, I want to do all the things I'm doing and I want to be healthy while doing them. What can I do to minimally remove from my life the things that I'm doing that I really like 
and still be healthy. And I think that's the wrong way for us to do that. We should just say, let's start with a blank slate. Here I am, I wanna live a healthy, long life. What do I need to do? Let me look at the Bible and whatever it says, even though you may not like it, even though it may not be your favorite, whatever it says, we do it because we have made a decision and we believe that God knows what he's talking about and that the biblical technology will take us to where we want to go. And we believe that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God wants us to think it and then do it and have faith that it's going to work out good and it usually does. Stay tuned for more. HeartWise with Charles Mills is brought to you by supporters of HeartWise Ministries. We are so grateful to be able to follow Christ's example of caring for others' physical needs and then encouraging them to experience a restorative relationship with our Heavenly Father. God intended for life on earth to be immeasurably better than the world we live in today, and He wants to restore His vision for this world one heart at a time. Consider becoming a HeartWise partner and help others catch the vision of what Christ wants to do in their hearts today by visiting us online at heartwiseministries.org. Welcome back to the program. I'm Charles Mills. We're here with cardiologist James Markham. We're talking about health as we do on this program every time and some of the frequently asked questions that have come into heartwiseministries.org. You've made it very clear, Dr. Markham, that the Bible has a lot of prescriptions for us, and I've just chosen one here. I want to, to uh, swing by you and see what you think. It's found in Psalm 37, verse 23, and here's what it says. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. There are two parts to this here. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. You've made it clear that if we are not delighted by what we're doing, it's not going to be as effective as it can be. Am I on the right track here? I think so, Charles. And that's another wonderful text, yes. you know, the steps of the Lord. When I think about that text, as we enter in a relationship with our God, you know, we talked about doing things and we don't do things on our own. When we do things just on our own, that could be stressful because that makes us selfish because we're doing it for us. But when we surrender our lives to God, He's the one that does the changes yes. for us. He can help us the steps that He wants us to take one at a time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes He moves us, sometimes we're running, sometimes we're moving slow, but He directs our steps when we're in that relationship with Him and He delights in that. He's happy about that. So I just think that's another great text that shows us the valuable treatment that comes from that relationship with God, how He helps us to go to A to B to B to C. Well, not everyone, yeah. this nutrition thing is not so easy. Yeah. You know, it takes some steps. And the same thing with our brain, getting our brain right and getting us back to the way God wants us to be and, you know, creating a new mind, that's not so easy. But He takes us steps. He didn't say all at once. He says there are steps in this relationship, and he delights when we're making these steps. Mm. So it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful text, Charles. Now I know why you put this right here. Let's talk about this, Dr. Markham. You, you're talking about steps and how important they are. When we start exercising, when we start making the transition from where we are to where we want to be, this little device here is kind of an important little yeah. device. That's a pedometer. A pedometer, okay. And you wear it on your belt, and it 
keeps track of the steps you take and it gives you all sorts of information and it can turn that into a distance in kilometers or miles, but that really measures how active you are. And one of the most common questions we get to the website is how much exercise do I need each day? So every time we take a step, this measures it. Yep. Is there any kind of measuring in the steps we're taking to have a good relationship with God? Is there any kind of pedometer we can have for that? The fruit. You know, look at the fruit. Yes. Look at the things that God's accomplished in your life. The results, the evidence. Yeah, look at the evidence in your life. You know, look back five years ago, you know, and I ask people to write a diary about yes. the, you and yes. God. Yes. And keep down the things that where you've seen him led in your life, whether it be radio programs or chance to reach people or success that you might have at work or, or opportunities to serve. And as you see the way God has led you and look back, you say, yes, sometimes it feels like I'm not making many steps. Yeah. But when I look back, I am making steps. As people learn one thing at a time, maybe they could incorporate a step, yes. look at the evidence, see yes. how they feel, ask God to be the one that changes and see how they move. And if they feel better, well, maybe they can make another step. Oh, and, these, like and these I steps like you know, might be walking yes. more yes. and, you know, exercising. That's a very important thing. And a great article came up that says, you know, we should get up and move every hour no matter what we're doing. That's a, a step. Of, yeah, a lot of people sit all day long. Yes. They sit in computer terminals. They sit at, you know, at least move around the room every hour. That's very beneficial. That's movement. We try to get people to walk up to 45 minutes to an hour every day. That's total moving. We try to get them to work in six-minute intervals, okay? Because what six minutes does? You go faster, slower, faster, slower. When you go faster, it changes the diameter of our blood vessels. Yes. We also make different factors that make the blood vessels bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller. A complex result of all these chemical reactions is better blood supply and better health to our organs. Exercise helps the brain, lowers the risk of heart attacks, helps every single organ in our body. So I can't emphasize how much a movement program helps us. And in our world, the last 200 years, we don't move as much. And as we don't move as much, we put stress on our body. Charles, if you sit all day long, the blood can't leave your legs right. as good lower back pain. It changes the levels of insulin, glucose, cortisol, all in your body. All these chemical reactions are very complex. So just by sitting too long, you can actually hurt your body. That's a stressor. We talked about all the things that we weren't designed to do. We were never designed to sit all day and not do anything, you know, sit the same position. Our listeners right now, stand up. Stand up right where you are. Stand up. Okay. Very good. Stay standing for another minute or so because we're trying to bring you a step toward health. This is another step. Stand up there, sort of move around the chair. We'll wait for you. Go ahead, move around the chair. There you go. Yep. Moving around, looking good, looking good. These are steps that we can make, steps literally and steps mentally and emotionally that we can make toward that wonderful health that we all want. Very good. Okay, you can sit back down now. Yeah, there and pedometers. You did that very well. And a lot of people walk more than they think. And just by wearing a pedometer, yeah. you keep track of your steps and you realize that, hey, I really do get my steps in at work. Yeah, yeah. Don't you feel better? I feel better just knowing that you just did that. Okay, frequently asked questions from the heartwiseministries.org website. My family has lots of cancers. Oh, dear. Any suggestions for lowering risk. Yes. It's all about risk, isn't it? Yeah. Well, risk of cancer, what I tell is do things that we know that help prevent cancers. You know, if you have a risk of 
skin cancer, don't be too much exposure in the sun. Yeah. If you have risk of lung cancer, avoid cigarettes and exposures in the air. And secondhand. Yes. If yes. you have a history of colon cancer, you definitely want to avoid fats in your diet. You want to eat a whole food, plant-based diet. In fact, that diet lowers the risk of almost every cancer. Everything, yes. Yeah. If you have a history of breast cancer, make sure you don't have extra weight. Make sure you're on a whole food, plant-based diet. You want to, All the things we talked about for heart disease also helps lower the risk of cancer. Yes, Isn't it? Isn't it wow. wonderful how God created these chemical pathways? And even though we don't understand them, when we do those things, we reap great benefits. And more than anything, um, if you have cancers, get screened. Yeah. Get screened for cancer. So if they detect it early, that's one place where modern medicine can help you. If you have a skin cancer, a melanoma, if you find it early, you cut it out, you're cured. Okay. So, you know, go for early detection as All well. All right. Very good. What are the natural treatments, this person asks, from the heartwiseministries.org website, what are the natural treatments for Anxiety, oh dear. Yeah, anxiety and fear and phobias affect many people now. And in fact, one in six people have some type of anxiety. And it ramps up from there. Anxieties, phobias, fears, post-traumatic stress, all those things increase this stress chemistry that we've talked about, damages the body. So how, how do you treat anxiety? Unfortunately, a lot of people run for a medication. But the first thing I tell people is our brain works a specific way. Yeah. And most anxiety comes from the part of the brain, the reptilian part of the brain that just wants to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And brains want to be happy. They want to feel safe. When they don't feel safe, it makes all these other chemicals, yeah. these reactions that you know, have these anxiety feelings. So a couple simple things is realizing if you feel anxious about something, is something really life-threatening or not? A lot of people have anxiety just because they overreact mm. or take things personally. Mm -hmm. And when you do feel anxiety, have some things uploaded in your brain that you can do right away to lower that. For instance, take 10 deep breaths and say a prayer, you know, come unto me and I will give you rest. Just go over that and just try to relax your body. Be thankful for two or three things. Find something to laugh about. And then one of the, the leading things that I recommend comes from Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, be anxious about nothing. About nothing. So yes. God wants us not to be anxious. He knew it was damaging. And the very next verse says, pray. Pray. Prayer is getting back into that relationship, yes. getting back in that which we know has healing powers as well. So those are some simple things to help with anxiety. Of course, eating healthy foods, avoiding supplements, avoiding things that cause um, inflammation in the body. All those things can help. When you're doing these things, then that might help you overcome anxiety so you don't have to take a pill, that kind of thing. Exercise is also another great thing, a natural thing. I think exercise, going out for a walk is one of the most powerful things we can do for feeling blue, a little anxious, you know, just go out there and put your, your walking shoes on and go for a nice brisk walk for 10, 15 minutes. Pretty amazing stuff. And a lot cheaper than taking a pill or going to see a doctor for that. All right, let's talk about blood clots in the body. How do blood clots form in the body and what can we do about them? Yeah, well, they, they just show up? Is that no, what happens? they don't. And there's usually reasons. Blood clots in the heart usually come from an abnormal rhythm like atrial fibrillation. Yeah, okay. It also comes from a weak heart where parts of it aren't moving and the blood stagnates. Blood clots in the heart, of course, can stay in the heart or yeah. worse yet can be pumped in different places. Yeah, yeah. And that's one form of clot. That's clots in the arteries usually, comes from the heart. Clots in the veins can also come from just not moving. 
having venous insufficiency. When you don't move, the blood doesn't move because you have to move the valves. The valves have to push the blood out of the legs. When, when we sit for long periods of time, the valves which move the blood in don't do the job. The blood sits. It can form blood clots. The most dangerous blood clot we hear is a, called a pulmonary embolism. Yeah. That's where a clot comes up the veins, gets in the lungs. That can even be fatal. There's other medical conditions, genetic things that can make the blood clot that we need blood thinners for. Certain types of diseases, cancer makes the blood clot more. Mm -hmm. So all of these things form different blood clots. And, you know, if you can find out what causes the clot, sometimes you don't need to be on a medicine for it. But a lot of times, if it's due to the heart, you do have to do a medicine because usually what's going on is sort of a permanent situation. And it's always about risk and benefits. If you might have questions that we didn't answer today, I want to invite you to our website. That's heartwiseministries.org. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. James Markham inviting you to remain heartwise. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on HeartWise. If you'd like more information on how to build and maintain optimum physical, mental, and spiritual health, log on to heartwiseministries.org. HeartWise is a listener-supported program, and your partnership with us would be greatly appreciated. Once again, our web address is heartwiseministries.org. Music